Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello and welcome to another episode of Syndicate. I am your host, Armand Haddad. This season, we are exploring the cinematic adaptations of beloved stories. Today, we are exploring the 2016 film Shin Godzilla by Hadike Ano and Shinji Hajuchi. But before we defend Japan against a kaiju attack, I am joined by special guest, Diego Reyes Alicia. Diego is a talented graphic designer here in Chicago by day, but when he's not designing, you can find Diego here in the music scene in the city. Diego, welcome to the show. Hello. How's it going? It's good. <laughs> I'm excited to be back, man. This is exciting. Yeah. yeah I'm, and I know how long I've been bugging you and how i think even back in i don't know i'm thinking back in dealer inspired we've definitely talked about godzilla but now yeah. i'm just happy this is like a topic of discussion we have the the movie silent in the background we got great visuals great vibes yeah. cats and uh yeah i'm happy to be here <laughs> <laughs> all right diego so before we really get into the movie, I wanted to know your history around the whole franchise of mm -hmm. Godzilla. Mm -hmm. How did you first encounter Godzilla? Wow, okay. So when I was when I was a kid, when I was a child, I could recall my uncle sitting us down and pretty much watching uh Godzilla movies with him. Mm -hmm. It was like me and my brother and him and you know, it was and it's, it's so interesting cuz that watching that has stuck with me and has definitely mm. been a big blueprint for my creativity mm. right in the sense of something beyond what human beings can can kind of take on comprehend but not only that i'm also talking about the production value as well like yes it's a man in a giant rubber suit sometimes <laughs> even pretty good cgi um but also you know it's it's the miniatures it's the yeah. it's the detail to everything it's 
you know, some have some of the movies have great storytelling, some of them don't. Um, but you know, <laughs> uh, for me, it's it just like it's it's wonderful, and okay. it reminds me of being a kid, and it just has stuck with me for my entire life, really. Yeah, nothing else screams like a childhood movie than a, than a man in a giant rubber suit knocking down miniature buildings yeah. while fighting another guy in a suit. <laughs> well, if you think about it, in Power Rangers, they always had yes. two guys in suits. So, oh and God. I was always also and I was a Power Rangers fan as well. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like and it's fabulous because, you know, so you know, that that inspiration also for me led to anime. So, and mm. for that I've I've definitely realized my love for yes. sci-fi and otherworldly things is like kind of almost from that realm you know so and becoming a weeb to understand (laughs) oh my gosh this guy maybe i don't know (laughs) just joking Mm. so okay i could see why that would influence your creativity because like there's so much craft involved with creating a godzilla movie because so in preparation for the movie the main topic shin godzilla we watched the original film from the 1950s, yeah, Godzilla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the time, I will say, it looks pretty good. Some of the sequences look a little hokey. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a toy car being thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> there was, yeah, there was the, uh, the one that sticks out for me the most. There's two. When they, you see that helicopter that's like, okay, this helicopter is going to go out to sea yeah. and whatever. But then there's a storm that mm-hmm. night. And then you see the helicopter like just lying on the ground, but it's weird because it just it's so big. Like it <laughs> looks so like the size difference yeah. is like, no, that's definitely a toy. Uh-huh. Like this is and it's they just like blue holes in it. But it looked so it was great. Like it was so cool. And then when the during the planes you could see like the string yes. of the rockets and i was like yes <laughs> this is so great and you know what i'm gonna be honest that was the first time i've seen that film really? it was last night and but it was so much fun like it was mm-hmm. it was such a blast to just like see everything and i did not know like watching the original movie that godzilla was yes created by human beings but then at that point didn't really attack until like heavily provoked because they were just trying to like we obviously have to get rid of it and yes it was an issue because godzilla was just also outpouring radiation that was just of course like harmful to the environment Mm -hmm. and you know there was that big kind of argument of do we keep this new species alive or do we take it out well okay so now we just played god Mm -hmm. so now that we just played god are we really, truly the ones to take it out? And then at that point, right, I, I'm sorry, do you have offhand the year this movie came out, the first one? 1956. Okay, so that is definitely coming off from the nuke droppings yes. in Japan. And honestly, I felt that like within mm-hmm. the movie, like I felt that mm-hmm. people's, you know, I, I recall a woman saying, I like, I don't want to have to leave everything again. I don't want to have to uproot. And it right. it's emotional because those people had to go through that situation again. Mm-hmm. And not only that, we also played God, right? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, right, we then find out towards the end of the movie, mm-hmm. right, that if we now create an even stronger device to destroy this thing that was created by us 
we're we're only just trying to find new ways for human beings to destroy one another right i honestly like the movie in that respect like made me really think more about that like more than what i thought i was going to like going into it and i was just a really appreciative that it was more than just like someone in a rubber suit like right. i totally understand that now yeah that's why the original godzilla is kind of different in a way because like you said uh the themes that are embedded within it, it's like on the surface it's like it's a silly monster movie mm-hmm. a guy in a rubber suit breaking down small buildings but the subtext of all these scenes and why the the movie exists to begin with mm-hmm. is because there's like this trauma boiling underneath the surface of, of this society that was attacked by nuclear weapons mm-hmm. by a enemy nation it's like yeah that's gonna that's not gonna go away and then like this movie godzilla comes out 10 years after the war ended mm-hmm. it's like it's still kind of fresh like yeah. we talked about this with pink floyd with like the nazi imagery and then there was a british movie and then that was only like a few decades ago that they're fighting so like that was 40 years and then with godzilla it was just a decade later yeah like imagine if something crazy happened in america in 2011 and then we decided to make a movie about it now and i think what was done so excellently well is of course the metaphor of godzilla you know, mm, like, yeah. like what it represents, you know, I swear I keep saying Godzilla is a he, but like, it's definitely not like it, it's a being. I just see it more as this thing that is created, you know, I guess this, I'm kind of going on a side note. But like when I was a kid, I always saw Godzilla as like a a man because it's more along the idea of like, damn, oh, my gosh, I'll say it. I guess like maybe as a kid, I was like, yeah, only like. Only a, something that could have been of a male thought could have been this just masculine, just, just dropped it. Yeah, you know. And I was like, of course. And I was, I was like, damn, like that's kind of weird to. I don't know. That's a weird reflection. Like now thinking about it, because right, it's always been said. Like yes, I've always known what a hermaphrodite is, but to really understand that difference, of course, like yes, like uh, like gender and like sex and whatnot, but like the. Maybe I'm getting too into it. No, I love it because like thing of the root of masculinity. It's mm-hmm. like thing of like not like gender, male, female, but like masculinity. It's like toughness. Like being like macho. Indestructible. Or, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. So that type of mentality unchecked leads to destruction, leads to war, and then a perfect physical manifestation of that energy is this indestructible monster that comes from the sea from the depths of our consciousness arriving to the forefront land destroying a city and that's what we do this like inclination to like self-destruct like we can't get you know further in progress Mm -hmm. and then the monster Mm -hmm. within all of us personified by godzilla comes out and destroys everything Maybe I'm getting too deep with it. No, because <laughs> in thinking about it, like maybe, yeah, because it's it's like since Godzilla's technically human made, I feel like maybe even, a, man, I don't know. Maybe now that was like just that was beautifully said. I, I I think I'm just kind of what I'm thinking about it now is that 
I think as I like also get older too, it's like the idea that um, I mean, we all know like there was all men working on the atomic bomb, right? So I think maybe right. maybe that's the other reason why you're thinking about it because like it's technically like man made, so that's why I guess I'm like, oh yeah, it's thus it's it's a man. I think I'm hung up on this for two reasons. One, because of course there's like within another Godzilla movie, he has a kid. Son of Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, I I did research on all of the filmography for Godzilla for this episode. And we watched the first one ever. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like Godzilla, and I wanted to ask you about this too. Godzilla is clearly the aggressor. Like Mm -hmm. he is the threat. He is the monster. We need to take him out. And in the early films, that was the case. Mm-hmm. And then they start introducing new monsters, yeah. new kaiju, as they put it, the Japanese. Yeah. Uh, you have Gamera, you got Rodan, you mm-hmm. got, what was the one with the three heads? King Ghidorah. Yeah. Oh, also, Gamera is of completely a different, is his own monster verse. Really? Yeah, and has never been in the same movie with oh. Godzilla. I didn't want to mix DC with Marvel. Because <laughs> Godzilla's obviously the Marvel for... <laughs> Japan. Whoa, whoa. And I feel DC. a little offended. No, <laughs> are you telling me my thing that what everybody doesn't else watch isn't mainstream? I don't know. I'm just like, it's not mainstream it, here. It, I bet on the side of the world, it's very mainstream. That's yeah. Godzilla. I would love to go to like a Godzilla theme park, and I believe there is one mm. in Japan. That'd be fun. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, but so, so do you like wear a suit and then you just like knock over little. Lego building. <laughs> Can you, dude? That sounds. I, I would be as if it was expensive as it was to like buy a lightsaber at Disney World. Then I would be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, what are you doing? I'm living out my childhood. Damn it! <laughs> no, I just want to like take my mask off and just reveal my sobbing face, <laughs> just some tears of joy. <laughs> I always wanted to do this. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, but I really want to get back to your question about all these different monsters. Right. When did it become like Godzilla is the good guy? Because like my first ever Godzilla movie I've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. was the one in 2014. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the American reboots. Wow. And I was like, the the promotions like, oh, Godzilla. And I was like, oh, like he's the monster. We have to like mm-hmm. protect Japan from Godzilla or mm-hmm. the world from Godzilla. And then I watched the movie and another creature is the main bad guy and then godzilla comes in for 10 minutes and defeats this monster and mm-hmm. it's like king of the monsters i'm yeah. like wait a minute he's the good guy when did that happen so that's actually a great question because i so if i'm being honest like i've i've not seen like yeah there's a whole bunch of godzilla movies i haven't seen them all but i would also say that there yes there's been movies where Godzilla has been the aggressor, but as like like time went on, they started adding like a whole slew of different monsters, and they even brought in like monsters from other franchises. So Mothra, she had her own. Really? Yeah, she yeah. Mothra is actually confirmed also a female, but she has her own series, and yeah, she became of the Godzilla monster verse, wow. right? And it's definitely kind of always been like that like invading monster godzilla's like all right i'm gonna take care of this guy it's always it's sometimes it's been to protect humans like sometimes it's been implied that he has this psychic connection with all human beings and kind of knows that he's able to yeah he's able to uh essentially sense when they fear another monster 
and then that's when oh. Godzilla comes in, right? So okay. Godzilla also confirmed has a friend, Angiris. What? They're, Who's that? They are allies. Angiris is a essentially, if you can imagine an armadillo, but with spikes. Oh, yeah. I thought that was Rodan. There's so many names. Rodan is the, a is the flying one. Gamera is the turtle. Oh, uh, okay. And then <laughs> King Ghidorah is the three-headed um, dragon. dragon. Yeah. yeah. Destroya is like that crazy kind of mythical beast kind of kind, definitely Whoa. almost chimera i oh. feel like inspired okay um just it's giving me different right. monsters kind of thrown together vibes and then um, you have uh mecha Ghidorah and mecha godzilla yeah mecha oh man mecha godzilla is one of my favorites i gotta tell you <laughs> what so as a kid i remember I would watch Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla yeah. all the effing time. <laughs> and it was a blast every second, every other time I saw it. It was just, it was awesome, you know? So, you know, within like Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla, like, you know, Godzilla's doing his kind of destroying Tokyo thing, but that's like <laughs> odd, like based on the last few movies, he's right. been like friendly. Mm-hmm. And then Garris goes to investigate and they end up fighting and he beats him up at like, and for me, this was the first Godzilla movie where I, I saw blood had been drawn. Whoa. And, okay, so weirdly, when uh-huh. I was a kid, whenever I saw, like, Godzilla, like, or any allies that drew blood, I was like, I'd feel I'd feel for that. Like, I'm like, yeah. dude, no, don't die guy. on me. Yeah, this is my guy. Yo, I need you to get up, dude. He's destroying Tokyo. What's yeah. And so we find out, right, that later in the movie that, you know, because at that point, there's two Godzillas. Yeah. And we're like, what the F? We find out that, you know, the one Godzilla reveals himself because parts of his fake Godzilla skin had come off to reveal metal. And then so at one part of Wasn't the- because the costume got ruined? <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be an interesting- Yeah, really am curious to see if it's like over the costume or did they cut a hole- <laughs> Or do they, I've heard how sometimes they would use like costume from an older movie to like do another part. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's interesting. Save money. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Hey man, you, they seem hella expensive and the amount, you know, the amount of time I can't imagine like just, it takes to like create one is nuts. So yeah. So Mechagodzilla reveals himself and then I kind of, I'm going to say there's, you know, that's, I'm. I don't really want to say more, much more of the movie. There's a surprise monster that we actually never see in another movie until like the final monster where all the monsters fight each other, which is like canon, which is obviously fine. But I'm just saying like he's not featured in any other movie, essentially. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was just pretty cool. I'll give it away. So within the movie, um, the humans kind of have this connection and this belief to this other monster named King Caesar. Oh. And within this movie, this woman kind of comes in. Uh, they they do this ritual. They find the statue. They put it on a rock. And it like lasers and destroys this a hole in this giant boulder. Right? Uh-huh. And it reveals King Caesar sleeping. And then this woman comes out. She sings to the monster like literally fucking from an ocean away. It's a King Kong. Like, no, no. Have you seen South Park? There is an episode in season one where they pissed off Barbara Streisand mm-hmm. and she became a kaiju and then she became Mecha Streisand 
So then they needed the one kaiju that could defeat her is Robert Smith of The Cure. And then Robert Smith becomes like a giant Mothra. And then, yeah. then they fight over South Park. Wow. Is that canon? I don't think so. <laughs> cannot. Yeah, cannot confirm that. Actually, this just in. Yes, it is not canon. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I was wondering where it fit in the mm. kaiju universe. I mean, it could be its own, like, you know, a little, little pocket universe. And speaking of pocket universe, Shin Godzilla. Yes. Which inhabits its own pocket universe in the kaiju universe. Mm-hmm. So before we go any further, you know what time it is, Diego. Yes. It's time for some elevator pitches. Please stand clear of <laughs> okay. the closing So for door. those that don't know, when you're selling a movie to a friend, you really only have 60 seconds to do so. So here today, I'm going to simulate that by putting 60 seconds on the clock. And Diego, I need you to summarize the entire plot of Shin Godzilla Within 60 seconds, are you ready? Yes. All right. <laughs> okay, we're going to start in three, two, one, go. In the movie Shin Godzilla, Japan is facing a threat like no other. Unable to adapt to the current situation, Japan is trying to figure out. <laughs> Japan is trying to figure out how can they stop a new emerging threat, a organism, if you will, that is that is trying to understand meaning of life. But through its mean through its search of life and through its search of understanding, it cannot do so without destroying and putting lives at risk. Japan now and must act quickly and swiftly in order to stop this threat for the people that they serve and for the sake of humanity. Wow, with five seconds to spare. Nicely said. Thank you. That was very vague. (laughs) There's a threat. It's an organism. Japan needs to mobilize. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. The end. Oh, <laughs> well, well so, I get it. I mean, like the main. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you, if you didn't know who Godzilla was, <laughs> but I mean, okay. Uh, to be fair, yeah, I did have a coworker tell me that uh, she had never seen like a Godzilla movie, wow. so I did, I did fail her. That was yeah. like, yeah, well, I, you know, I didn't really say that. Yeah, there's a giant. Well, I mean, to be fair though, I feel like to say that Godzilla is a dinosaur 
like it's not it's not really it's inspired by a dinosaur but it's i don't think it is i'd say the original one they said it was like inspired by a dinosaur yeah but i think shin godzilla is is like is not i think it's in it it i don't know maybe maybe i'm kind of thinking just because of all the things that it can do really because it's i mean it it clearly can walk on land it's amphibious right uh not only that it goes off radiation and it has a cool down time as well if you will you know and has to obviously take a nap but i mean (laughs) atomic blasts you know last time i checked dinosaurs don't have atomic blasts maybe that we know of that's very true (laughs) (laughs) that'd be so cool but i think what it is too is i'm also i'm just warning for everyone if you guys didn't know I am a huge Godzilla stan, and I guess maybe I just want to stand as in, like, I'll, like, yeah. defend Godzilla, like, uh-huh. no matter what. So, like, no, yeah, I, I don't really want to say it's a giant dinosaur. So, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, it is important, I guess. Yeah. Let's get into it. So, the original oh, yeah. film, like you said, it was definitely implied that it was a dinosaur from the depths and like radiation it turned into this monster because mm. they found a trilobites uh, next to it in the mud so yeah i uh quick side note i didn't really understand that trilobite part it's a very famous sea creature uh-huh. from like millions of years ago and they all went extinct fossilized trilobites are very common to find okay so it's kind of like how do we imply that this is prehistoric well, it's a trilobite and it's still alive. That means obviously this extinct creature is maybe not extinct. And what else is not extinct in the ocean? So uh, there's a quick way of telling the audience this is from the dinosaur era. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. They look like a shoe horse, uh, horseshoe crabs. Yes. Yep, yep. Yes. Yep. It's probably related. Has to be. Absolutely has to be. They pretty much kind of do have the same function, but they have what appears to be um they've uh, evolved to have an armored shell all throughout their body and not yeah. because before it seemed like they just had their limbs exposed and that's probably was a popular weak point for them mm. so that's how they had evolved mm. i like to think about how like i don't know i i like to think about sometimes too uh like how animals like ev- how they could have potentially evolved from their ancestors yeah. and especially within this movie mm-hmm. what did you think about Godzilla like mid transformation like literally transforming before your eyes I mean in the last movie we we just like kind of seeing him in like just fully like just right him full, just, full or, Godzilla yeah it just doing Godzilla things right so mm-hmm. what are your thoughts of the new design of Godzilla it surprised me a lot Ooh. so you know watching the first mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. It reinforced everything I knew about Godzilla. Like, I grew up knowing about Godzilla. I saw a Godzilla movie for the first time in 2014. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, like, seeing the first one, it's like, that's Godzilla. And then, since you recommended Shin Godzilla, right out of the gate, this movie kind of flips the script on what Godzilla is. And that surprised me the most. Okay. Because, like, in the beginning, it's kind of like, ambiance like oh what's the there's rumblings like oh it's like hidden in the sea and then once it comes out of the sea it didn't look like godzilla i was Mm -hmm. like wait 
there's other monsters in this movie. I was I was confused for a second, mm-hmm. and then I realized, oh, it's evolving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like growing, mm-hmm. and I really really enjoyed that. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was awesome. Yeah, especially in a, you know for and it's interesting for me because when I was younger, I was like, oh yeah, like I hated seeing like blood within Godzilla movies, but it just embraces it in this movie mm-hmm. and like I, you know in the beginning when you see the blood just coming through the tunnel yeah. but not only that when it's like just taking its first steps on land and it's shifting and there's just get and the blood is just gushing out of its gills it's like yes because the director Hideki Anno mm-hmm. is the mind and brilliance behind Evangelion and if you really? like have have you seen Evangelion I have not dude man okay What's it about? okay so Neon Genesis Evangelion is yeah. a, I think I'm pretty sure we talked about it last time too. It's really funny. The designs, I would say, of the, the angels, like the kaiju, are really stunning. And the designs of the mech are really cool. And the, the depth of all of the, I guess, like, like there's a lot of obviously like transformation and mm-hmm. a lot of changes that happen within Evangelion. Like change is a huge yeah. theme, if you will. And so, yeah, that like clearly is shown within this movie. It's actually super exciting because Ultraman, who's like another kind of the red guy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) The same Hideki Anno is creating a Shin Ultraman movie. What? Yeah. Yeah. And it's coming out this year. It's coming out this summer. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so not upset that we're hopefully and that they're and I do hope that they commit to this kind of Shin Kaiju line, right? Mm-hmm. Shin, by the way, meaning true in Japan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Shin Godzilla, it's it's like this is this is Godzilla. This is Ultraman. Mm. It's new a new design, right? Yeah. So, you know, within the original Godzilla movie, right, you realize that it's the people, like they're trying to figure things out, like they have no idea what's going on. They need help, they need leadership. Yeah. But in Shin Godzilla, we're focusing on the politicians because at, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they are the best way to sum up what everybody else is thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. And if anything, it's beyond that because it's a step ahead because where are these people going to go? Who's going to direct them? Right. Uh, you know, are the are police going to be helping with offense efforts? Mm-hmm. Are they going to help like take people away? And not only that, within this movie, too. Like, you really see the pressure on the prime minister. You know, mm-hmm. all these politicians are pressing him, asking these questions. And the movie does a great job with a great ton of jump cuts. Yeah. And just, like, really just showing, bam, like, like this person, this person, this person, this person. And it even, like, was showing, like, all of the text, like, on the screen within the movie. Um, just to give, like, even more, like, of that article, like, more of that official information and how much just knowledge is being thrown around. Yeah. But not only that, how much little knowledge there is yes. as well. So, yeah, I really appreciate that with Shin Godzilla. So, to set up the movie, this giant monster comes, is destroying these towns in Japan, mm-hmm. and the government has no idea what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if this were to happen... In real life, the government would be like, one, the, these reports of like a giant monster, yeah, right. Oh, it's real. Uh, what do we do? Uh, let's talk about it. And like all this inaction mm-hmm. is costing people lives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, I didn't really expect like, I didn't really expect how much 
I would love like the like political banter about it because it's just, you know, it's right to the source. And it was just also great. I mean, you know, there's also that other theme in the movie where the younger generation steps up and like, you know, that of course speaks volumes and to have like that within the movie and such a popular movie. It just like really helps to like push that standard, like listening to younger voices and whatnot. Cause yeah, because we live in their world. We look towards them for inspiration, but at the same time, we also need to give respect where like respect is due, I guess. Yeah. With Shin Godzilla, like you said, really showcased, say like the institution of the government, Mm -hmm. like they are here to protect us. And then I would say they have good intentions but they're bogged down by bureaucracy. Yes. You know, we, have, we have to eliminate these threats, uh, but there's citizens everywhere, and we don't want any collateral damage, obviously. So it's like, what do you do? Oh, evacuate everybody. There's not enough time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this thing is now getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they actually act mm-hmm. by attacking it, it's almost too late. It's almost, there was like, a lot of old world stuff too, where they were like, "Oh, let's go meet." Like they were like, clearly everybody was already in the PM's office. Yeah, but they were like, "No, no, no, let's go to the meeting room." Like, like what? Like you got it? Have just to make it official. They and you know, it's they are being stubborn because they don't want to admit that they don't know what to do, and it's ridiculous, yes. you know. And I think the that's hubris a of man. That's a very older generation thing too. Like. It's okay. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to ask for help. Like it, that was frustrating to watch, you know, cause yeah. it was like, you know, and, but I understand it's, it's hard to ask for help, but I think it, obviously in that situation, it was like anybody could have helped and anybody could have stepped up in that situation if they felt like they had, right. you know, if they could have just said go, but it was ridiculous too. Cause a lot of, a lot of the older generation too were like, younger generation they just don't know what they're doing and it's it it was it was frustrating yeah because at first they just wanted to take care of it themselves Mm -hmm. and they didn't want the military involved at first Mm -hmm. and then then it got out of hand military japanese military they enacted the first time ever since world war ii to mobilize the troops for japan yeah against this monster mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it was still out of hand then the, then the united states reached out to them mm-hmm. and they were like no we got this and then they didn't yeah. and then the whole world's like dude yeah let us step in you know that was definitely implied in the sense of like dropping a bomb dropping a serious bomb right. on godzilla and even similar to the first movie, those, those feelings of in that sentimental moment of, right. you know, of like the thinking of, yeah, we, we might have to evacuate Japan in a much wider area. Mm-hmm. Right. We have to tell people that we're going to drop another nuclear bomb on Godzilla. And, it you know, they reminisce and they have to realize, like, we really have to start over again. Like, why us? You know, and. Ah, like I just I felt that, and that was that was like hard to watch. But you know, again, kind of similar to the um, kind of like to the previous movie, is that you know the radiation dumping, the dipping mm-hmm. into nuclear technology, and being very loose with it, and not understanding that it is a dangerous thing. You know, right? Yeah. No one should chase a hundred percent power. And speaking of that, mm-hmm. this all makes sense. So 
these movies, which I never knew, but after watching the original Godzilla and Shin Godzilla, I appreciate these movies more because of the social commentary that's yeah. embedded within it about nuclear war. Now, since I was a kid, that has always been a fear of mine that we are going to, like I genuinely, to this day, I, I genuinely believe the apocalypse will come because of war. I'm so happy you're reaching into this bag because I have always, you know, I've had, so when you have a lot of dreams that in which you, you, you die, right? Yeah. You, um, it's always been, a, it's been nukes for me. It's been pretty, really? pretty often. Yeah. I've had at one time I had multiple dreams in a night, you know, I just remembered how. Man, Katie and I were just talking about the other day. I had said that if we heard nuke sirens right now and we had, quote, 30 minutes, we couldn't get far enough. It wouldn't be. Uh, You'd have to go underground. And I mean, but do you really want to try to do you really want it? I mean, it's it's tough because with radiation, with nuclear bombs, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's essentially releasing toxic. Right. Mm -hmm. Explosion with toxicity because like it destroys the land Mm -hmm. and then it brings black radiation sludge and, you know, no one would survive. For me, I've always also have had a fear of of the apocalypse via nuke, via uh, mad, mutually assured destruction. You know, I just I don't get it. I don't really understand why, you know. I don't understand why what would really drive a human being to being like, I will push this button if you like really take me off. Well, we saw that now too long ago with North Korea. For years I had friends like scoff at me like like you really think nukes are an issue right now? It's not an issue. And then we have the whole North Korean crisis about Kim Jong un mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. possibly having weapons of mass destruction. And possibly having them reach us. And then we had the false alarm in Hawaii, Guam, that... Oh, you didn't hear about it? No. So there was a false alarm in Hawaii and Guam where this mass text went out saying, an ICBM is imminent. You have 30 minutes until it hits. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Went out to every single smartphone in Hawaii and Guam. So for about 20 minutes, people are losing their minds. People are putting their children down manholes into the sewer because, like, there is no escape. You have to be at least 60 miles out, and that's, like, bigger than the whole island. Oh, my gosh. So that was a false alarm. Then Representative Tulsi Gabbard was very pissed off, and she used that during her presidential campaign. Oh, really? Yeah. What year did this happen? It was 2020 election cycle. Man, that must have got swept under the rug, dude. Uh, of course. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other topic with the media. But going back to Shin Godzilla, the fear of nuclear fallout, the fear of nuclear destruction mm-hmm. being manifested into a creature mm-hmm. such as Godzilla, I think it's a good way to bring awareness to we shouldn't have these weapons. Right. During the movie, Godzilla morphs and evolves into its perfected form on screen, which is pretty similar to the traditional Godzilla. And that is when the military starts taking action against him and his 
skin, his scales are so impenetrable that bullets, 50 cal, tanks, nothing. do nothing. So then they get other countries involved and they start dropping big payloads on it from like bombers. And that's doing some damage. Mm-hmm. But really, the only thing left to do is to drop a nuke on it. Mm-hmm. And then you were talking about like the subconscious trauma of the Japanese people. Like, can you, can this country take another bombing like that? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was definitely, it was definitely just kind of that tough kind of back and forth, if you will, uh, within this movie. And, but I really liked the solution they came up with too towards the end of the movie. Yes. That was pretty cool. And before we get into that, mm-hmm. when I was watching this movie, because it's terrifying, this is a very terrifying incarnation of Godzilla yeah. that we'll get to in a second. This isn't even his final form, by the way. I saw. Yeah. Okay. So cool, cool, cool. when they were talking about dropping a thermonuclear weapon on him, mm-hmm. I was like, maybe that's not even enough. Like mm-hmm. maybe they need to drop Sarbamba on it. Do you know Sarbamba? No, I do not. So I'm going to show you a graph. That little explosion is the Hiroshima atomic bomb. Wow. Sarbamba is maybe 50 times bigger than that. And Russia detonated that in 1961. And it was so big. The explosion went into the stratosphere. So when they started attacking Godzilla to go back to the movie, Mm Mm-hmm. When Godzilla used his atomic breath for the first time, oh my God. Wow. He destroyed an entire city in a second, which, you know, yeah. personifies the whole nuclear weapon analogy with him. Mm-hmm. But like, just that sheer destruction genuinely scared me. Like, yeah. I can watch horror movies all day, Halloween, Friday the 13th, no problem. I see this Godzilla movie and I'm like, stunned. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, no, it was the destruction was was breathtaking. The first time I saw it, I was like I was just like I I was just in such awe. I love the atomic breath redesign, right? So the original was kind of like this blue kind of charge or mm-hmm. red depending on like his status, right? And I would definitely say that um within this movie, it kind of goes from like a, a gas to like how a lighter would work where it's like, yeah. And, it, and it's like it. And then it's, it is just becomes these like white, like purple, like white laser hot beam. plasma beams. Mm-hmm. And then I love what they did with the redesign where in order to protect his still or his exposed back, which is clearly a weak point. Yeah. Like he's just able to expunge the lasers from his dorsal spines. Yeah. And it's so, it's so cool. I, <laughs> I thought I was going to hate it. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, this might be kind of dumb. Or because even the like widening jaw was kind of different. That was freaky. That was freaky because it was like, what the heck? Like it it just has it, it kind of makes you think what other augments can it do to its body? Right. You know, right. um, and we even find out, uh, too, that it has a tail beam. Yeah, that was kind of funny. There's a <laughs> lot going on. Yes. Yeah. This, yeah. this creature. And it makes sense because it's a product of radiation, so it's not going to be traditionally what we would see in an animal. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, a mutation. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a crazy thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has special abilities. Yeah. You can do, you know, just do completely different things. You know, 
and of course it's huge yeah and that's that's when the stakes get raised uh during that sequence because so the uh, the government godzilla's attacking he's on mm-hmm. his way to tokyo mm-hmm. and they're like we need to get out of here so they start you know evacuating yep and the prime minister yep gets dusted and everybody else gets dusted a, a uh-huh. good amount of the old political party just see ya right imagine if your government in a snap got decapitated like the president the vice president secretary of state the yeah. congress is just all gone and then but after that the movie even gets into it like we need a new government. And they're like they're trying to like figure out like who's in charge now and mm-hmm. and then from there on, like the younger generation is just definitely just steps up and essentially uh is just essentially able to do what the old government couldn't and was eventually also plotted and was successful in, in stopping Godzilla. Right. Because what I appreciate about this movie is like like we were saying, like they tried brute force to mm-hmm. take him down, and it didn't really work. Mm-hmm. And what I appreciate the thorough line between the first film and Shin Godzilla mm-hmm. is that they outsmarted Godzilla. They could have just, you know, blew him up with Sarbamba or like a, a bomb, mm-hmm. but they're like, no, that's not the way. Yeah. What is the way is we use science to right. stop him. Right. Right. Both movies used science to stop them. The first movie was kind of stupid. Yeah, the uh, the first one was really uh, brutish about it. They, I don't remember the scientist who... He had an eye patch. Yeah, he had an eye <laughs> patch, which doesn't make him look cool. It makes him definitely look very evil, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, he was, a, he was conflicted. I guess you could say he was an anti-hero in, in yeah. some sorts. But, yeah, they had an oxygen destroyer. Mm-hmm. And it essentially just turned whatever in the immediate area into into bones, into nothing. Yeah, and that's you know? how they killed Godzilla. Yeah, but you know, I I love within this movie they thought about everything and in the sense to that they use science. They were like, no, if we use this compound, yeah. it's going to slow down. Like it's going to slow. Like because the issue with radiation is hot. It's hot as fuck. Yeah. Right. So they were just thinking, all right, we slow this down, we stop Godzilla, yeah. and that's exactly you know exactly what they did yeah and they would like incapacitate him or like tire him out by using his atomic breath or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then when he's recharging like we said earlier when he goes back into this into the sea to recharge that's when they start pumping in this like freezing agents or this like blood coagulant yeah, yeah they him. they were able to it's it's kind of funny because trains always seem to just get owned in Godzilla movies, I yeah. guess. Yeah, it was great to just see the the train bombs just like, oh, yeah. kind of get back at him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just love that little bend of physics of just the trains like going up. And <laughs> all I can imagine is like just little damage numbers popping up in my head, like that, 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 that. And I'm like, can't take that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Combo. And, yeah, 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 exactly. And then knocked out the monster and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, and then they apply the coagulant and it worked. And then I'm going to beat you to it. But Godzilla was not done evolving. And what we can also see within the movie, too, is that they also found pieces of like Godzilla. Um, there's actually a deleted scene, um, too, uh, where there's like they find like a like kind of blood like, yeah, like Godzilla blood. Oh, wait, this is actually the scene I was talking about. OK, do you see how 
like yeah it's part of a dorsal fin but they're also explaining that that part is just a replication like of cell like that one g cell that one godzilla cell is g spot you are nasty (laughs) (laughs) so that like replication of that one cell is essentially what godzilla is and and like i was saying earlier after they apply the coagulant and godzilla is frozen we get a close-up of godzilla's tail right and we find out he wasn't again he was done evolving because he had essentially what it looked like had spawned a new breed of Godzilla that was human inspired. Right. So it truly, it's truly next step was to, so what it was able to live, it was able to go on land mm. and it, it conquers both the sea and land. Mm. And the next, it was going to just pretty much conquer the world mm. and the population by mm. spawning itself and taking out humans even further. Yeah. So that ending was very thought provoking. So like they defeat Godzilla, he's frozen. Okay. Story's done. Uh Japan overcomes, prevails. Mm-hmm. And then the camera lingers on his tail and it pans up and you see and I was like, "Wait. Those are people. Those are skeletons. Mm-hmm. What's happening?" And then it ends and it plays the original soundtrack for the original Godzilla. I But that freaked me out. I was yeah. like, "What?" Because, like, the implications of that. So we have this thing that defeats us because it can out-evolve us. And then as we were freezing it, it decided to let me evolve again and turn into, like, a whole bunch of, like, different, like, xenomorph people, Godzillas, Mm -hmm. to take over the world. Mm -hmm. And then we stopped it right before that happened. Yeah, I think that definitely in a way a sense to just help to connect to humans even more in the sense of mm-hmm. seeing Godzilla more of like our height like our stature and even like similar to our bone structure from it, it definitely was human inspired right yeah. so i feel like yeah it i definitely felt like that we are a creation of Godzilla thus Godzilla is us so and oh, and that's yeah. how and then that would also inspire the coloniz the Godzilla colonization of the world. Oh, mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. Like kind of linking back to like we created radiation and nukes. Mm-hmm. Thus, radiation and nukes creates its own world in the sense that we can't go back to these irradiated these radiated lands. So thus, the thing that we create to take out other humans is now. Also, kind of, kind of like almost in like an in a annihilation. It is its own world. It's its own bubble, and that's that's how Godzilla is that manifestation, that own the product of destruction, essentially. Yeah. So that's why I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fan. Like we said, like on the surface, it's a monster horror movie. Beneath that, we have this this subtext of like mm-hmm. nuclear war. What does it mean for us to have these weapons as people? Yeah. Like what what does that do to us psychologically? What does it mean to drop another bomb on a nation that has two atomic bombs dropped on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's so much to unpack, and I think we did a pretty good job today. I think so, too. I loved talking about this movie so before we end the show diego yes. what we'd like to do on syndicate is the one reason why what is the one reason you'll give somebody to watch shin godzilla and are you glad that it's better than godzilla versus king kong i'll answer that question first yes also anything that comes out of u.s hollywood is just mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of trash. I'm kind of like I don't mean to be like I don't mean to be a a guy that like hates the mainstream, but I'm not a big mainstream like It's not made for you. Yeah, it's 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 not it it, it feels like it feels like it's catering to too many audiences. Mm, you know, it feels yeah. like it's like designing without like research. It's it's like designing without research in the sense that like you're you're trying to create this blanket statement that you what you think this is what people would like. Like, mm -hmm. yes, you can like, yeah, like sometimes you don't just don't have that information. But I would say for something of that production value, something of like that important, it's just too broad for me, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about mainstream Hollywood movies, what's mm -hmm. their number one goal It's to make money? Yeah. So you need to play it safe and to appeal to the widest audience possible to get the most return from it. Did you say widest? Yeah, white, widest. Okay. Not whitest. <laughs> <laughs> anything, we should cater these movies to China because you know, there's more Chinese people. I've heard that like a lot, that a lot of these kind of Hollywood movies now are more heavily visual, and that's why they kind of mm -hmm. not okay. I'm not, and I'm saying because like, um, and the script is easy, like to script, translate. yeah, script, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, script translation. I mean, Kong versus Godzilla was super CG, and there was like even parts where I felt like they even like cut out parts, like when Kong went underground. I just wanted to know more of the lore, and I just. I understand that's more script translation, but I guess now that we're talking about it, I understand. But it's Diego, just not for flying me. cars. And was there flying cars? Oh, there anti gravity. Was. Yeah, you know what? That's it, cool. It reminded me of a 4D <laughs> ride, so that was kind of fun. I'll give it that. It reminded me of like a 4D ride, like a Universal. You know, so yeah. I guess in a weird way, like that synonymous kind of with that made me like, 
okay, I'm here for the ride. I love Godzilla. Kong got the L. This is a good movie. <laughs> Let me just say that Shin Godzilla was not made for a mainstream audience. It was definitely made to enact uh, the director's vision mm-hmm. of what he believed the true Godzilla was. Yes. Couldn't have said it better myself. You should watch this movie because you like giant monster movies, but you don't want to see the traditional kind of mech. You don't want to see necessarily something that you've already seen before. Mm. You want to watch this because you've never seen anything like this. And to be honest, you do want to get into You are kind of curious about Godzilla. This is a great, I'd say you should definitely watch this over the older Godzilla, to be honest. I agree. And well put. Mm-hmm. And then my one reason why is, like we were saying earlier, this movie is a darker take on Godzilla, and I do appreciate that because the subject matter and the themes presented in, in the movie are dark. And it's, it's a dark reflection of our society with these weapons of mass destruction and what do we do with them? And I think at the end of the day, I mean, you could draw your own conclusions when you watch this movie, but it definitely opens the conversation about, you know, nuclear disarmaments or, you know, how to handle these weapons that could alter all of life on the planet. That would be my one reason why. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about Shin Godzilla by Hideke Anno and Shinji Hajuchi. Please check it out where it is available. And now I would like to take a moment to thank my guest Diego for coming on to the show. Thank you, Armand. I had a blast. Yeah, it's been great having you, and this was an excellent conversation. Mm-hmm. But if you'd like to keep this conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at Syndicates. That is C-I-N-E-D-I-C-A-T-E, Syndicates, on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Have questions or film recommendations, please email us at info at syndicate.com or visit the website syndicate.com. Until next time, stop that scroll, spend more time watching. Goodbye.